0: what's good y'all how y'all feeling i hope it's lovely i'm feeling pretty good i'm really excited to bring you all episode three season one of the goodie jar blog presents story time with naya good that's me this is a plethora of delicious stories and topics from spirituality to some ignorant shit a plethora okay so get you some wine and enjoy this podcast (laughs) <laughs> I started this podcast as an extension of my The Goodie Jar blog that is all available on www.niagood.com and, and because it was about damn time I have a little background, a little little degree or whatever in radio and television broadcasting plus beyond that as a child I always loved just the radio and pretending like I had my own radio show and just all things that involve voice. Um, I'm a vocalist, singer, songwriter, so I'm so grateful to have the gift of just, you know, a powerful throat chakra, for those that know. (laughs) Um, Here in Atlanta, it is Sunday, April 4th. I watered my plants today, it's sunny out. It's been a really, really good day today, I'm grateful. Um, I got some new shoes last night, even though the package went to the wrong door. The mistake was on my behalf, I put the wrong number. But I thought people knew how to read. I guess not. or maybe it's only when it's convenient. I didn't know people see packages with their with names that are not theirs and still open them up, empty the contents, all that. But long story short, I got the package back um, without the box that it came in. It's like, wow, it <laughs> just too much was happening with that package. I did sage it because I'm like, La, what the hell? People doing too much. Saging is really good for clearing out negative energy for those that are so conflicted about burning sage but do all kind of other things. Um, but anyways, all right, so I definitely treat my podcast like it's a broadcast radio show. So I have different segments and things. And as this is season one, I will continue to announce my segments until my, my, my regular listeners get familiar Then I'll just be like, boom, so it's story time. What's good? All right, so a little therapy talk today. Let's talk about therapy. If you didn't know also, before we get into it, uh, all the music that is playing in the background is my copyrighted music. You can go get all of my music where all music is available to be streamed and more music will be coming out. This is Feather. This is my uh, breeze you know, just chill Sunday vibe song. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. All right, so like I said, it's a little therapy talk today. Listen, listen. I definitely utilize a therapist. I think it's good to just talk to somebody that you don't know. I mean, if you wanna to talk to people that you know, whatever. But right now, I'm talking about, talking about, I'm talking about talking to people that you don't know and somebody that can actually provide solutions. Um or just situations that you're going through or that you have gone through or things you're trying to heal through. I mean, if you ha- are one of those people that are trying to evolve and you've reflected on your experience and you wanna see, you know, work on that shadow side, you know, shadow side is just the side that you act like you don't wanna observe or sweep under the rug and that all that toxic wild shit you try to act like doesn't exist, that side, work that out so you can continue to rise higher because that is uh, something that can keep you held back. Um, But, yeah, uh, I definitely highly recommend it. I, I hear that it's something huge in multiple cultures, but it's always trying to act like the black culture just, oh, my God, they're the most, you know, the ones lacking in it. But if you pay attention, most cultures are like, ah, therapy. But they'll go to the doctor about so many different things. But for some reason, talking to somebody about whatever issues they're having is just weird. And I I think some of the, you know, little little chatter, you know, misconstrued chatter around it is, oh, you don't want to let anybody else know about your business. And it's like, well, if you're talking to somebody that doesn't, you know, readily know you or somebody that, you know, whatever, whatever, then why are you worried about the business? It's conversation. (laughs) Detached from feeling judgment from others about things that are, you know, in real life I, to you. But anyways, I know back in the day, back like in my early 20s, oh child, I used to use every single one of my friends as a therapist. And uh, that uh, we, we, we both would do it, spend hours just talking about the same shit, then calling the other friend. And talking about the same shit, then calling the other friend, talking about the same shit. And it's like, okay, so what's the solution? What, what are we gonna do? What, 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 how are we moving forward? And there's anything even being gained from bouncing these stories around to friend to friend? You know what I'm saying? So you, you use that therapy. It, you know, I feel like, like at back in the day, like, doing all of that caused strain on a relationship. You know, I think I actually heard two friends, like, actually, whew, gasp after a couple stories like especially the ones that are not fun like or fun or light the ones i'm going to share on these on my podcast but just you know the stuff that was really like oh my gosh you really should go talk to him you know? and they weren't equipped i was listening to something something the other day somebody was like i'm not trained to deal with that oh it was jennifer williams from basketball wives <laughs> she said something like i'm not trained to deal with that person's issues you need to see your therapist that's a real thing. I love that, like seriously. But back in the day, I used to do that. It just seemed like it caused a strain. I know it caused a strain on me to the point where, when you know, as I evolved, because I'm the person that is constantly evolving, I realized, you know what? No, those are conversations that I don't want to have with my friends. I rather go ahead and utilize this good, great health care that I have and <laughs> talk to somebody that can really provide solutions. Like one solution. Um, my therapist provided uh, a couple months ago was that everything ain't about you, and it ain't. <laughs> I felt like that was just my mind was blown. Everything ain't about you. Sometimes unless somebody else takes some of that shit, okay. I bet y'all listening thinking, damn, that escalated quickly. I went from mellow to <laughs> listen a plethora, a plethora of different tones, topics, and everything with story time with Niagara. Anyways. Like I said, I used to spend hours bouncing ideas from friends to friend, and then I realized they don't know. And what is it that I you know, all that shit. So um there's some friends, alright, in some family that are therapeutic, but not all. That only talk to the ones that are therapeutic, but people know what the hell they receptive for. People will talk to people that they know not gonna provide no therapy. They just wanna ah, spin shit around and around and around and around. <sighs> No. <laughs> now, if you tired of spinning shit round and round and round and round, then that's when you take it outside of that goddamn circle and you take it to a therapist that's going to provide real real answers <laughs> and shit like that, okay? But um, yeah. I know now. That I like as I've evolved and become a better woman every single day. And shout out to all the women that are and, and men that are doing that. Because it's always emphasized women are taking care of themselves. But I think we really need to shine light on the fact that men need to do some some work to it and, and the ones that are doing it, that's wonderful. Cause self-care and self-love ain't just for us. I always see women doing it in the you know, with all they they rose petals in the tub and the daggone sea salt. <laughs> and the massages, but are men doing this too? Men, it is okay to, you know, do that too. You know, get massages and get you a bathtub full of some rose, it's healing. Don't nobody gotta know? Men act like somebody gonna bust in and they bathtub with rose petals. (laughs) Self care is for you too, boo, okay? (laughs) But yes, I now know that I'm the let's have a good time and find solutions friend the travel friend the deep discussions and cocktail friend deep discussions but light nothing like oh my god you know I, but i'm not the personal trauma friend if you've got some weird situations going on in your life don't bring that shit to me <laughs> don't because i'm not gonna i'm not trained to deal with that i suggest a really really healthy you know, therapist that looks like you. You can choose the type of therapist you want. Don't go to someone that don't look like you or you don't, you know, whatever. Or if you do want to do that, do that. Because maybe that person, that other person from a different culture can provide a different perspective. But whatever, just so long as you are releasing the things that are not feeling good and then healing them and, whew, you know, healing them and releasing them. You understand? Take a sip if you got a sip. But if you're listening on, like, a ride to work or something, then, i'll take a sip for you all right (laughs) but yes i'm i'm that friend now i just wanted to kind of briefly talk about that real quick not too long today about the therapy talk because i'm gonna also hit on some other things i got such a good i got such a good must read segment later on in this podcast if y'all you know for all, this is a new podcast. So for all my people that are just are are listening and joining and tuning in with me, I I read um, a segment or two. I'm sorry, a chapter or maybe a passage or whatever from a book every show that I recommend that y'all listen to. I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, other books. I'll probably do like a a, a fiction book because I've been reading some really dope fiction books i'm a literary polygamist so i'm reading several books at once just to keep it interesting it's like you know just like just like when you watch tv it's like having different different books you go okay i'm watch i'm gonna read this episode (laughs) i'm gonna read this one today but anyways oh my gosh i've been reading some phenomenal phenomenal like fiction books lately and yes they written by black women you know what i'm gonna do that next episode be on the lookout for episode four i'm gonna actually read some passages from my current no 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 no. i'm not gonna read that i'm not gonna read a passage from a current book i'm reading because oh my gosh i want to have the inside of what it what's ta- what happens after i read it to you i guess whatever but um oh i got some man Ooh, these black fiction writers, these black women fiction writers are turning up. I am in the process of writing two different books. Um, I'm gonna have my own fiction one soon, any, my own fiction book too soon. But um, yeah, just these writers are going off and these books are freaking interesting, um, as they should be, shit. But they're fiction too, so you know, storytelling at its finest in, in fiction. Anyways, so yeah, that was just a brief little therapy talk. Um, you know, if I, uh, however you feel, don't be ashamed. And you don't have to make announcements. Uh, the, most of the time, people really act like people are, they know what's going on with them. And so they act like, oh my God, nobody knows your business unless you tell somebody your business. Hello? Alright, so, jumping right in, Guys. <laughs> You know I like to do a little weather report now. Listen, weather runs in my family. (laughs) I always mention my grandfather. He used to, he always like, you know, shit, he used to tell us about the weather and all that shit from way, from where he was at. He just knew, he knew exactly what was going on in your city with the winds and the humidity and all that. So I feel like everybody should know a little bit about the weather. (laughs) Um, but yes, alright guys, let's get into my weather reports. The weather from now, Sunday April 4th to Sunday April 11th. <laughs> In Atlanta it is 70 degrees guys and it is looking beautiful these next couple of days. I feel like we're finally tapping into some summer, some, some hot, some heat, it feels like these winters are getting long and for those of you that know, we know why. <laughs> But um, Mother Nature is fighting back the best she can to restore balance. But yes, it's going to be some good temperatures. It's going to be a couple rainy days um, this upcoming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But just I'm just grateful for the warm-up. I'm ready for the warm-up. I'm ready for the sandals and the dresses. I got some bomb dresses that I am trying to, you know, gallivant in. All right? Not too far from me is Miami. It's actually 72 degrees in Miami, kinda cool, but like I said, it's warming up across this country, so it's about to get, it's about to be 80s um, across the board from this Sunday till next Sunday on this week of April 4th to April 11th. Miami is looking spectacular. Um, check it out if you out there shout out I love your city and if you need somewhere to go that feels like an island because you're not trying to deal with all the vaccine bullshit go to Miami fuck it (laughs) fuck it Um, let's see Chicago 66 degrees (sighs) what is it all right so from Sunday to Sunday Gonna be about 70, 60, drop down to 50. Listen, I've never been to Chicago. I need to visit. Weird temps, but somebody told me the other day, do not go when it's motherfucking cold. Don't even risk it, don't even try it. And I have never would, because I can't even deal with the cold here in Atlanta, let alone Chicago. Windy and cold, snow. Anyways, there is gonna be a couple rainy days from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in this week of April 4th to April 11th out there in my beautiful oh my gosh Las Vegas is heating up baby my city is so wonderful 91 degrees on this here Sunday and just suns across the board just 90s 80s it's just so lovely out there I will be back very soon Vegas I love you so much it's such a beautiful Beautiful city, anybody that hasn't gone to Vegas, which is shocking to me, you need to go, just go. Just go, don't worry about the gamble shit. Check out the city, go to the mountains and then go to the casino. Listen, Vegas is really all inclusive, I'm trying to tell you, it got everything. Seattle, it's raining, 48 degrees. COATS! (laughs) Oh my gosh. For no reason. That was an inside joke. That's why I laughed so hard. My brother has a video. May he rest in power, Brian Christopher. He has a video that he talk about his coats in the video. But if you know anything about him, he's he, or he was a comedian. Very, very funny. Anyways, out there in the Bay Area, San Francisco. It's 55 degrees. It's chilly. It, it do get chilly out there in San Francisco next to that ocean and whatnot. And from this Sunday to the next Sunday, it's gonna be like 50 to 60? Cold, too much. But sunny across the board, so just go stand in some sun, you'll be all right, all right? And Montego Bay, cause I like to go international sometimes. Well, until, they, until we figure out how to get past all these, you know, requirements that are really unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it. Montego Bay is 79 degrees as of today. Sunday, April 4th till next Sunday, April 11th. It's going to be 80s, 70s, a little cloudy in Montego, but still warm. And like I said, Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week are going to be our rainy days. So for all my plant moms and dads, get your pot ready to collect some rainwater. I collect rainwater to water my plants. I don't know about the rest of y'all. But anyways, that's your weather report. I know, I know. It's a podcast. So this is going to be rotating forever, unless the internet shuts down. But I just like to do weather because it's just intriguing to me how it fluctuates. And ever since I moved to Atlanta, it's like (laughs) really, really fascinating. But whatever. All right. So next segment, debunking the breakfast club, guys. Listen, this is my segment where I just choose some Whatever something that they stuck out during the week of the breakfast clubs, rumors, reports, and donkey of the days. Somewhere they fucked up at because, you know, they got the pulse to the culture. The pulse of the culture. So it's like, I mean, everything they say ain't right. So I want to pull out something that ain't right. Like, for instance, Angela Yee's rumor report last week. They were talking about, listen, I don't know who these people are. Disclaimer, Southside. I don't know who he is. I just, whatever. And all the drama that he's got going on with uh, whatever, the people involved, <laughs> okay? Um, Angela, he was saying that after she reported on the situation, she was saying, it's draining. And then here goes your mental health warrior, the biggest mental health warrior of the community publicly, Uncle Charlotte. He talking about, damn, that's some toxic mess. And I'm like, well, shit, if it's some toxic mess, and if it's so draining, then why in the fuck are you guys (laughs) reporting on it? It doesn't even make any sense. Like, if y'all are mental health warriors and you got juice bars, why don't you actually really emphasize those things more versus encouraging all the toxicity? For those of you that know how this 3D situation and how this media operates, then you understand it. But for those that don't know, like, if I had a juice bar and I'm always advocating for mental health, I'm going to try to, you know... Not saturate my platform with all kind of mental health shit. Like people be like, "Oh, this shit is toxic," and then they take the two minutes it takes to post it or discuss it. (laughs) I mean, at least come up with a solution or something. Um, But yeah, I know I barely know most of the people they be talking about, but it seems like they love talking about them, emphasizing they bullshit like. As I'm talking about it now, it's like, are they only talking to people? Or do they only really utilize the platform to tell us about people that we really don't know who have some type of wild shit going on when there are so many other amazing stories that I'm sure some of these celebrities have going on? Why does The Breakfast Club saturate their content with all this wild shit that happens in hip hop? <laughs> Anyways, that's my debunking of the Breakfast Club. I don't know what y'all think about that. But again, my comments are open on all platforms where this podcast is streaming. And on my social media. There is an Instagram page for Storytime with Nia Good, So check it out. And you can leave your comments there. Just don't get crazy. (laughs) right? (laughs) Anyways, a few little announcements I have that I feel like. Talking about this is a plethora of delicious topics and stories with Storytime and I Good. Um, Again, I want to announce my website. You know, www.igood.com is jumping, baby. I got links up there. You can check out all my music, some of my past performances, because you know I've hit this stage and got paid before, because I could sing. You know, and and and, you know I could perform. So check me out. I got videos up there on uh, my website and on YouTube. Also, like I said, my new music and all music is available. I got my blogs up there, the Goody Jar blog, and my erotic mini series that I wrote. If you're into eroticism, check it out. It's called the Central Mini Series. Um, they are available on my websites, <laughs> and I narrated them for you too. So a couple of my blogs and all of my erotic mini series are narrated so check that out check that shit out okay I love it I love narration too um and yeah just all kind of stuff also I'm offering professional proofreading services too I am a writer and I love um grammar but I'm not the girl you know the the grammar police like sometimes I be wanting to say I be and I be want to say I feel good like yeah, I right. I know I am doing well is the proper way, but I feel good. Okay, somebody asked me how you how, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Plus, that's my last name, so I'm gonna use the hell out of good. All right. Um, but yes. Anyways, what else in my announcements? Listen, I'm gonna always talk about Slutty Vegan as I am an ambassador. Slutty Vegan, which just means I get called to do fun things if, you know, if there's fun things that are needed with Slutty Vegan, which it always is. Um, Check out their locations if you're here in Atlanta or anywhere in the world. This is an experience to, you know, have. Those burgers are amazing. They got all kinds of amazing things like banana pudding. I love banana pudding. It's all vegan. Check out their Instagram first before you go to their locations as their menus are always changing. And you want to make sure that you're gonna get what you want to get. Um, I got some uh, slutty vegan sli- uh, slides the other day because you know they got all kind of merch and whatnot. They got hoodies, they got umbrellas, they got cups. I got slutty slides. I'm excited about them. <laughs> yes, they probably won't leave the house though, because I need an indoor shoe. But I don't know I'm much try- I- they so dope since they're red that I might need to um you know put a make a whole outfit out of them. Anyways, if you're if you watch the video version, you can check out the slides on um, the video. All right, don't forget about this is a uh, uh, 420 month. Now I don't celebrate holidays. I right? especially whatever holidays that you know have been created by whatever. All right, for more information on the depths of these holidays, just in case you're one of those you know half-ass researchers, Pharaoh got all his shit is available on, on his university. Okay, he delves in. Alright, just in case you don't know what to research or what to look for, there's a location that you can go to. Utilize it. You be watching the news, you be watching all this other wild shit. You know. I hope I'm looking at the camera on the video. Cause I my light, if you see the video, I have my tree lamp, my cherry blossom light in the background. So, and it looks so pretty in the video. So I'm kind of looking at that. But anyways, whatever. Alright, so. Yeah, don't forget about 420 this month. It's gonna be lit. I remember last year it was 420 the entire year. Like for me, it was. Well, it's always that way for most of us (laughs) that are, you know, cannabis friendly. But it is 420 month, so get you some and 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 get your stuff set up. Sometimes it sneaks up on you. I remember one year I didn't even realize. I think it was. I, I don't know what was going on, but I definitely was not tracking that. And I ain't even had none. I had to figure it out. Yeah, it's hard to get contact with the ganja person (laughs) for a day day like that. So you need to make sure you have your stuff together. Um, But, yeah, don't forget. All right, so I don't know if you guys watch this show called The Challenge on MTV. (laughs) It is one of the dopest shows, one of my top three favorite shows, Martin being number one, The Challenge is number two, and I'm not going to lie, The Housewives franchise is number three. listen balance okay (laughs) but the challenge is my competition show it's like my football I treat it like football I turn I turn the sound up real loud and I'm yelling and shit like yeah it's such a dope show I've been watching it for 20 years now this is actually my 20 year anniversary Um, and actually this is the first time in challenge history that like all the women are women of color. So there's a couple mixed girls up there, mixed with black or Latina, I think. There's one that's Latina. There's another woman that is just fully Latina, whatever. And then there's, um, you know, two well, she just got eliminated last week. So now it's just kill a cam, my favorite. Um, and so, this was like the first season ever they actually had, like, all women of color, which was really, really dope. I've never seen that before in 20 years. In fact, it's rare that I've ever really even seen any black woman be completely successful at this show besides Koro, because, because I really feel like in the past it's because of emotional intelligence. Like, as we know in television, and especially reality TV. It's always just, you know, an objective to get the crazy reaction out of the black woman. And so if you're not emotionally intelligent, everything's going to be a rare reaction, especially if there's players on the daggone show that are trying to get a reaction. You know, this is the challenge. So the challenge is not only just you running up the cliff. It is not only you accomplishing a quiz or some puzzle, but it's also, you know, your mind, using your intelligence trying to see moves ahead, checkers, not chess, or chess, not checkers, what they be saying? So that type of move, it's it's an all-inclusive game, and that's why it's been on for so long, because it's really just, it's, it's like that. Anyways, but anyways, so yeah, my favorites are Killer Cam and Leroy. They're doing very well, they made it to the final. I'm excited to see the results of the show um, and see who's gonna win. It's on the last couple of episodes. Like, she is really just representing for black women and she, all across the board, she's emotionally intelligent. She's physically fit. She knows them puzzles. She's smart. Like and people really, 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 really respect her on so many levels. It's just, just amazing to see after all these years of just like not really seeing people that look like me win, to see the whole daggone like <laughs> cast towards the end of the show you know, either have elements of me in the mixed people or be me, it's just exciting. Listen, so that's exciting. Um, but on the other side of things, there are some cocky individuals, like this guy named Fessy. Ugh, I just wanna talk about him real briefly, cause this is, you know, my little pop culture news. Um, Fessy, listen, there's levels to your, 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 I guess, ranking structure in the Dagon challenge. First of all, if you've only done a couple, two seasons, in my eyes, as a 20-year watcher of the show, you are a rookie. He over here, because I guess he was on the Big Brother show, he acts like he's just like this freaking, oh my gosh, like he just knows what's going on. And I mean, I'm not knocking it, but I just don't like his energy. He really gives me big guy, lame dick vibes. You know, the big guy that really ought to do that look too good. He ain't really have to put no real, real stroke into it. <laughs> he gives me those vibes. He just, like, he's kind of annoying. If you watch the show, check it out. Comment. Tell me what you think. But he's definitely a rookie. He's only been on the show for two seasons. And he acts like he just, oh, my God. Like, he just, like, he gives—he acts like he CT. At least we'll let some things slide with CT. But I'm going to talk about the two things I'm not letting slide. But it's like, you know, Does Fessy's cockiness match his cock, actually, or is he just, I mean, when you see and you observe somebody like him, it's like, is he, is he, or is he overcompensating? Because he just don't give me natural big, big dick vibes. It's just, gives me lame dick vibes. I don't know. Ladies, if you watch him on one of these episodes, let me know. Let me know. He likes six foot seven. You know six foot sevens always get a pass for stupidity. Oh, he's tall. It's okay. We'll let stupid shit slide. (laughs) No. Talking about you. Right, ladies? Men with height. We let them get a pass sometimes. Trust me on this. I know. Anyway, speaking of big dudes, CT, the actual veteran. Okay, we love him so much, but he did two things this last episode that made me be like, what in the fuck is wrong with people? So... Big T, she's like, um, she's been on the show a couple times. She's super dope. She's from London, Big T, and she's of African descent. I don't know what country she is, though, from. But, um, you know, anyway, she's she lives in London, and she's on the show. But she's not, like, she's not up to par, I guess, yet as far as running and things. But she's a dope swimmer, and she's definitely got heart and all that. But, um... Yeah, she's paired with a veteran who's known for winning. He's it. And I think it's so dope how they both have a T in their initials CT and Big T. I mean, alignment is just great. Synchronicity is is around us in every in in so many ways besides the numbers 444555666. 4, 5, 6, 6. But anyways, um anyways, this last episode that just happened this last week um on the challenge, Double Agents, the season that just came out, um, CT actually used his foot to kick her to wake her up. <laughs> I was actually, I was really tremendously appalled at this, because I'm like, who in the hell does that? CT is this big white guy, and you know, Big T is this really curvaceous, beautiful black woman. And and she's laying down. and He's trying to wake her up early so she he can get her trained up and ready for this final. Because if you don't if you know anything if you don't know anything about the challenge, the final challenge of the show is the big one. You might could be running up a mountain. You could possibly be swimming yards and yards and yards to a location to do some wild shit. You don't know. But endurance is definitely going to be vital. Even though the challenge challenges and missions and things are, it could either be like something where it requires just. Your intelligence Something that's just physical Or both In really most of the cases So he's worried about if she going to be able To run 10 miles if, that, if it comes down to that So he wakes her up early He's got coffee in one hand And uh, something else In the other hand And he actually uses His big ass foot He's like 6 foot Over 6'3 too To nudge her You know I'm, And I don't even want To use the word nudge Because to me It looked like a kick But I'm going to use both to, to get her out of bed And I'm like Who in the fuck does that <laughs> that is so rough and I'm like is it because he doesn't observe her as like a woman or I've never seen anybody do that even in basic training I never got kicked out of sleep my, my parents were some of the most disciplinarian people I've ever seen in my life amongst other things um, but I never was uh, kicked out of the bed <laughs> even though there was some you know hitting going on but anyway that's a whole other story But I'm just like, who kicks people out of bed? That's crazy, right? Anyways, I thought that was crazy. Um, I also thought it was crazy that to congratulate her, he slaps her on the back of her head. Now, see, uh, I'm sorry, Big T is known for wearing a plethora of different wigs. She has this pink braided wig she was wearing this season um, and a couple different other wigs. Um, she has a curly wig that she wears too. But um, at this particular moment, she had her natural mini fro. Uh, she was rocking her natural mini fro. And for some reason, I've never seen anybody do this either unless you're doing it with a man on some type of, you you know, I guess football field or baseball field or something. I've never seen. I've never even seen it before. Anybody slap somebody on the back of the head to congratulate them? Like, <laughs> CT, keep your feet and your hands to yourself. His feet and hands were all over the place this episode. I was actually quite stunned. Um But again, it's like when people are popular, they don't, you know, really. I guess, see the things that they may do that could really be weird and people don't really bring it to them or, you know, I don't know what it is, but those two things, in my opinion, were weird. Don't kick people out of the bed (laughs) with your foot and don't slap women on the back of the head to congratulate them if you're a man. It's all this slapping about, ass slapping, head slapping, just, hey, high five, nigga. Shit, I don't know, like, what is going on? But um, the challenge is streaming everywhere. Check it out. Let me know what you think about Bessie in some type of comment somewhere. Like I said, Storytime with Night Good now has its own Instagram page. So leave all your, you know, your, your comments, but be easy. Anyways, all right. So jumping right into the next segment, Storytime with Naya Good, must-read segment of the podcast. Now, so much talk about health these days, I guess, vaccines and what's nots and whatnots. I want to jump into a medical apartheid must read book, okay? Stop playing. This book is a gem, okay? The dark history of medical experimentation on black Americans from colonial times to the present. By Harriet A. Washington. Please get this book. This is a this is a must must read, okay? Alright, so I'm gonna read a little segment from it. It's a very powerful segment. I <laughs> I be trying to tell people, it's so crazy, and everybody that's trying to tell people stuff, <laughs> you know, just don't even worry about it if people don't receive it. But there this shit is some of this shit is it's not, it ain't fake. And quiet as is kept, conspiracy and theory do not mean fake, okay? I don't know why people don't just look up words. The phone has so many different things on it besides Instagram and bullshit. Go actually define a word for once. Conspiracy and theory do not mean what you may think it means, okay? Relax, all right? Anyways, from Medical Apartheid, page 360, this is chapter Aberrant Wars. Holds up. Wait a minute. Pause real quick. Let me let me let me make sure I'm pronouncing that right cuz I don't I don't believe I'm pronouncing that right. Let me see if I can get my dictionary.com to come up real quick. I should pull out the dictionary. I have like a huge etymological dictionary of the English language over here. It's crazy. I need to bring that out and actually use that. I still be using Google and all the other platforms to try to, um, <laughs> to to define words, but that's a big old book I'ma bring out. All right, so let's see. Departing from an Accepted Standard. Aberrant. Aberrant. Departing from an Accepted Standard. So this passage comes out of Aberrant Wars, all right? <sighs> Despite U.S. insistence that it was only developing defensive biological weapons, the Central Intelligence Agency, in 1952, entered into a partnership to produce chemical and biological weapons with first strike capability. The Army Special Operations Division Laboratories at Fort Detrick, Maryland, served as the site of the Joint Army CIA program dubbed MK Naomi. Fort Detrick's Army Chemical Corps Laboratory bred more than four million mosquitoes per day. And release them in hordes around Florida, including near Carver Village. This was an experiment to determine whether these droning syringes on the wing, disease vectors, and medical parlance could be used as first-strike biological weapons to spread yellow fever and other infectious diseases, ostensibly among foreign trips, I'm sorry, foreign troops during wartime. This was not the government's first local exercise in such biological friendly fire. A similar 1955 experiment had also targeted a black area, but because it bordered a white development, people of both races were sickened. Such exposures had already tripled Florida's whooping cough cases within a year, resulting in a dozen deaths after a whooping cough virus was released in Palmetto on Florida's west coast. Carver Village was more precisely targeted and was subjected to the same strain which drove up 1955 infection and death rates. And 8% of these 1,080 whooping cough cases affected children 9 years old and under. By 1960, Carver Village residents had been plagued by a rash of mysterious illnesses including the symptoms of dengue and yellow fever and deaths. An analysis of the records of MK Ultra, of which MK Naomi was a part, suggests the agency released various biological agents from mosquitoes to bacteria, and hundreds of such dispersals and the large number of exposures makes it less surprising that mosquitoes were also unleashed upon another all-black site called Carver Village. This one in Georgia's Chatham County Savannah is the county seat. Longtime Carver Village, Georgia resident, Dorothy Pelote I'm sorry, Georgia resident Dorothy Pelote, former president of the Carver Heights Mission Improvement Organization, recalls that in 1955, young white men came to our house and talked with me and my husband. They said they were doing a study on mosquitoes and wanted to place a trap in our backyard to see how far they had spread in our area but they didn't go into detail. They lied. They said one thing when they were really doing something else. I had figured that they were from the health department. Later, when people started getting sick and dying, I spoke with several people who recalled those boxes being placed in their backyards. After the study, they came back and got the boxes from our backyard. In 1979, Pelote also told the Atlanta Journal that between April and November 1956, The army conducted a survey of residents to determine how many had been bitten by mosquitoes. But nothing was revealed to us until the 80s. I could not believe it. But those people used us as guinea pigs. I almost want to read the rest of that chapter (laughs) or that passage. I'm going to read one more part of the passage because it gets good in this, it it gets even more better in this next passage because that shit is crazy. I really want y'all to really reflect on that. Don't let that just seep into your conscience and not think about that. I've always thought that some of these bugs are weird as shit. Okay? Just like some of these dogs are weird as shit. <laughs> but mosquitoes. All right? Continuing on with the passage. After the story broke in the 1980s, victims came forward, but news accounts tended not to name them. Hello? Side note. For me, <laughs> the news doesn't always report everything. <laughs> if you didn't know, I don't know, if, I don't know if some of you knew this, all right? Let me read that again. After the story broke in the 1980s, victims came forward, but news accounts tended not to name them. In 1956, for example, one unnamed black woman had fainted after a swarming dark cloud of mosquitoes covered her thickly. She had to be taken to a hospital where medical workers wondered at the bite marks covering her body. Twenty years later, she still could not walk unassisted. The phrase "human guinea pigs" is frequently a prelude to hyperbole, or I'm sorry, hyperbole. But Dorothy Pelote sounds far too businesslike to be a conspiracy theorist, and I just—well, didn't I just talk to y'all about the word? The phrase "conspiracy theory." Make sure you research it now. Her speech is crisp and her responses are unfailingly concise and on point, even impatient as she recalls the events of half a century ago without hesitation or ambiguity. But then she has, rel- li- but then she has relived those events often. In the 1960s, she organized the residents in an attempt to understand the mosquito experiments, 20 years before evidence of their true nature surface. The spikes in local disease and death and deaths convinced the army CIA consortium that the infected mosquitoes would indeed make an effective biological weapon against the Soviets (laughs) who had no medical capability for organizing massive vaccination programs. But for years, the CIA denied that it had unleashed such biological agents against its own citizens, despite the dramatic leap in illnesses and death rates. And despite the testimony of Pelote and other Georgia Carver village residents, The government agents could plead innocence because they knew that there was no evidence. You know, let me close this book because I end up reading this whole passage because the next passage looks juicy. Y'all got to have to get the book now. Medical Apartheid, written by Harriet A. Washington, the dark history of medical experimentation on black Americans from colonial times to the present. All right. People over here talking about the black community don't want to get vaccinated. Look at what the fuck was going on. Look what the fuck was going on. Are y'all crazy? But everything is swept under the rug. Thank goodness for writers like this that take the time to do something like this. Whenever I get into some content to delve into, I, I really hope that the, the material comes to me to you know provide a, a piece of literature like this that can really just open your eyes to things that are just fucked up. And you wonder. Now, mosquitoes unnatural as they are the little bastards were fucking created by the cia to start shit and to kill people and to do things so the vaccine you might mu- you just gonna take it because people told you that there was something scary you guys need to really do your research and think about things and again like i emphasize on episode two are they talking about um getting tested after taking the vaccine where is all the emphasis on testing at this point They're not talking about that no more because it's just assumed as soon as you get vaccinated, oh, suddenly. Well, wait a minute. I want to know how many people are getting tested after they actually get the vaccine. And for some reason, that just would make me, that would provide so much intel, confirmation. (laughs) Even though there's no need to confirm. We already know what time it is. Those of us, if you know, you know. So that brings me to my random topic that correlates sometimes with my segment or my story time of the day i was talking about mental health earlier are black people really trying to recover from all of this racist trauma like seriously Every time I turn around, it's something that is trying to trigger our community back into, oh my God, see, they don't ever, and look at what, and we ain't never, and bah, ba ba. Are black people trying to recover from that PTSD, that post-traumatic slave disorder, all this drama, all this talk of mental health, uh, mental health. okay? And, and like I said, your biggest mental health warrior, Uncle Charlotte, he don't even emphasize how the black community can heal from all this trauma and all these triggers, how to not respond to them. Yes, this shit is crazy. But at some point, is the black community gonna try to heal from the trauma? Or are black people gonna unconsciously, constantly being victims to this this, 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 this race situation and triggers, you know? Falling prey to the media constantly reactivating race trauma over and over again. We've got Asian hating, oh my God, anti-Semitism you know, and all these things. It's constant race trauma. Do you hear me? I'm just trying to figure it out. I would love to hear some feedback. Like I said, my comments are open. Like, I want to understand it. I know that I've been trying to heal from race trauma. Like, I don't, I don't want to every time something happens, ah, ah, Oh, ah, oh my God, is it? No, we understand what it is. I, you know, let's try to heal from it. Again, if that's something that's something that, that is constantly being reactivated for you, uh, a therapist might be good for it, you know? I know the uh, people often struggle between reality and trying to heal things or, or and, and ignoring things. Maybe sometimes it is time to ignore. Maybe if we, you know, cease to observe that it exists, it'll end. Because in my experience, I'm just like... <laughs> I, I'm i royal. I don't have time to be always letting something like them, somebody being mad over brown skin to keep constantly always triggering me. I got to keep it pushing around here and be evolving my, my, my experience. And, you know, constantly being stressed out or constantly allowing the media to trigger those situations in any of us is not creating healing. It's just continuing in that circle of just frustration. So that's my question are you guys trying to heal this race trauma situation are we gonna keep talking about it repeatedly and pointing out see ah you know I just want to know I just want to know I know for me personally um I'm definitely constantly trying to heal all areas that have created some type of resistance or anything in my experience and withdrawing negative attention and withdrawing attention from it to propel healing and, and and keeping things pushing, not to get caught up in that cycle. So yeah, think about that. Think about that. Think about that medical apartheid passage. Think about therapy. Think about healing from all areas, not just your own personal Trauma, but from this racial trauma, too, because the first thing that happens when race is, is triggered, race trauma is triggered is anger and oh my God, and outrage and rage and just confusion and and just craziness. So think about that, all right? Okay, so <sighs> now, ladies, 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 Whoo. I've emphasized this in several articles and in my everyday life. This is, this is on the topic of spiritual divinity and femininity and all these things and just, you know, that segment. I'm still thinking of a name for it, so I'm going to just call it that segment for right now. (laughs) This is season one, guys. Season two, y'all going to be like, ooh, look at the evolution from season one. But anyways, I've emphasized in several articles and in my everyday life that the divine feminine needs to exalt herself again and reclaim her power. I am always perplexed as how women can leave themselves out of the power structure. When it comes to the God energy, like, why is it always referenced as he, him? Don't women create life too? Does it not take masculine and feminine energy, masculine and a man and a woman to create a child? So how in the hell is creation only masculine? It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, constantly screaming about how women are, you're not, you know, women are looked at as less than, but keeping yourself out of all things that are powerful and only referencing the, that person or, or, or only, you know, seeing people in power, a person in power as a man. You understand? How do you do that? It doesn't make any sense, ladies. How can you believe that the God power is only masculine and not feminine? Um, Is it because a patriarchal society told and conditioned you that men are the only ones that can be powerful and hold a place in divinity? And the only way a woman can be powerful is if she adopts a predominantly masculine mindset? Like I said in uh, one of my other podcasts, or it might have been one of my blogs, the constant emphasis on men having to think like, I'm sorry, women having to think like men, you know? Women have to reclaim their power in the power structure. In ancient comedic times, it was women and men that were royal, not just a woman constantly submitting and relinquishing her power, you know, just so... You know, men can rise to the top. It's about a balance of the sexes, not a battle. <laughs> Seriously. And I just really, it's like I hear women always talking about, God, he going to do this and ha Why not him and her? What's wrong with that? Is that crazy? Is that crazy? Is that a crazy thought? Let me know in the comments. I definitely want to understand, you know? How do you leave yourself? Does it not take a woman? Doesn't the woman have to actually, and it's not even about (laughs) who's doing all the work, but I mean, honestly, a woman has to do most of the work in creating a child and you're going to leave yourself out of the power structure, out of divinity. As for me in my household, it's divine mother and father over here. We reverent, you know, it's about the, like I said, balance of the sexes, not the battle. Think about that, Ladies. As we're talking about feminine energy um, and all those beautiful things. All right? That's just my thought. I hope y'all feel where I'm coming from. Seriously. (laughs) But yes. Thank you all for listening and rocking with me. Like I said... Everything about me is available on www.niagood.com. You can check me out on YouTube. This podcast available, is available on all places where podcasts can be heard. My music is available where all music can be digitally downloaded. Um and yes. <laughs> check me out, y'all. My good word and my final word of the show, my good, my final good word of the show is this entire Season, I've been talking about normalizing different things, you know, there's so many things being normalized and being, you know, so many weird, wild things trying to be normalized. Let's, let's normalize some other shit. Like, let's normalize deleting people in situations we don't like. I not quite understanding why people follow the fuck out of people that they don't even like. They not to never like, they not gonna share, they not gon, you know, be excited about. I mean you see the stuff coming down your timeline, you just scroll past it, well then just delete it if you don't like it. Right? <laughs> that's what I thought. But I guess um that's not normal. So let's normalize it. Okay? No if you don't like the person, you don't think they, you know, Dope or whatever, or they not your cup of tea? Delete them and go get you know the tea that you like. Okay. Normalizing, All right? And normalizing things can go, can you know happen in so many areas in of our in our lives. Renormalizing, choosing different things to make normal. Okay, as quiet as it There's nothing that is normal in this society. <laughs> All right, beautiful, beautiful people. I've had such a, I'm I'm having so much fun finally having my own podcast. I thank you all for listening. This is season one. I'm going to roll with the punches, roll with the ebbs and the flows, and the evolution will be visible as, you know, these seasons roll out. I'm so excited to be doing this. Um, Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next time.